This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. Welcome to the podcast, which this week's episode is with George from Straight Talk Wrestling, which I want to thank him once again for coming on to the podcast. Uh, I've been working with this guy for the last month or two, and I have enjoyed every single moment working with him, and he's just an incredible individual, so I hope you all look forward to this episode, which is brought to you by OIW Podcast Network, which you can find all the information and all the wonderful, wonderful shows on OIW Podcast Network at OIWPodcastNetwork.com. And, of course, the Wrestling With Genres Podcast Network, which you can find at WrestlingWithGenres.com. Specifically, WrestlingWithGenres.com slash Where Is My Mind, where you can find all of your Where Is My Mind needs. Um, very busy week. Really, really uh crazy week actually uh both comic-con and barry wrestling are this weekend so saturday i am going to be at the ferris lane community church at barry so if you uh are free and well actually the show is sold out so if you don't have a ticket unfortunately you can't come but uh, if you do have a ticket and you are going to be in barry uh i will have shirts for the podcast as well as for ontario gummy so but if you want to just come say hey and uh, interact with me, I will be there. Uh, we'll be working on Barry, but I mean, during my intermissions, I do come out and say hey to everyone. So um, if you want to say hey, I will be at Barry as well as Barry Comic Con on Sunday. I will probably be there all day. So uh, keep an eye on my social medias for all of that. But I'm going to let the episode play out. I hope you all enjoy it. And. I will be back with some plugs here and there. All righty. Welcome to Where Is My Mind? A deep dive into Curtis Rich brought to you by OIW Podcast Network and Genres Podcast Network. And today I have another fellow OIW podcaster, host of Straight Talk Wrestling, MLW Rewind. We just worked together at New Frontier a few weeks ago, and I had an absolute blast working with him. I first saw him at Destiny Wrestling, loved his work, and um, have the utmost respect for him. Please welcome my guest, George from Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you doing, sir? Thank you for coming on to the podcast and taking time out of your day to talk to me today. Oh, no problem, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for the kind words. Much appreciation. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, New Frontier. It was a long night, but it was a lot of fun for sure. And it was great to talk shit talk Adam Hayes. It's always fun to talk, shit talk Adam Hayes. Oh, and there's probably going to be more shit talking Adam Hayes because I do have to bring that up that you were a hit in the uh, Twitch debut. Everyone was just having a riot at your shit talking Adam Hayes. So um, you were a major <laughs> hit with everyone uh, with New Frontier. So uh, I'll give you up for that. I really really had a very very good laugh at some of your one-liners like especially the receding hairline uh joke i remember that <laughs> actually popping my uh my table that i was sitting at at the time so uh you got everyone uh roaring both in the twitch chat and also at the venue so um 
That was fantastic. But George, here on Where's My Mind, I kind of like to pull the mask back a bit and reveal the person underneath. So with saying that, I'd like to know what a young George was like and growing up. And did you ever see yourself getting into this crazy business that we call the professional wrestling business? No, the young, the young George was um, always had the gift for gab, always could start a conversation with a complete stranger. I get that, that gift from my father when you could just feel comfortable in almost any room that you're in uh, and continually just talk to people that you've met for literally 30 seconds, like you've known them for 30 years. So for a young George, I was, uh, I was an asshole straight up. I was a jerk. I, uh, I hate, I hate authority. I still to this day have problems with authority. So teachers and me did not see eye to eye principals and me did not see eye to eye. Anytime authority was put in front of me, like you have to give me respect because I'm this all bets were off. My dad <laughs> and my mom were both on speed dials for elementary and high school, um, consistently getting in trouble. And then I don't know, around 18, everything kind of changed. I met, uh, I met the love of my life. Yep. And uh, we've been dating since we were three weeks for my 19th birthday. So we met, we started dating uh, two weeks in a relationship. I told her I loved her and I was going to marry her. And here we are literally 19 years together, 14 years married. But she, uh, she really helped me, uh, I guess, discover who I am as a, a person and, and make me the person that I want to be uh, to, uh, you know, I'm a girl dad and I love both of my daughters to, to death. I would kill for them in a heartbeat. And um, she, she, uh, yeah, I never used to be emotional. I never used to cry at anything. Now I weep like a fucking baby. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. Like there's that Rogers commercial. I don't know if you've ever seen it where the girl's at the side of the road and her car's broken down and her dad's on the phone. He's on like speakerphone on the phone. Yeah. He's like, yeah, don't worry, honey. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go anywhere until a tow truck gets there. And I fuck, I just start blubbering. Cause that would be me. Like I, I would be racing down the highway. She could be 3000 miles away and I'd be racing down the highway to try to make sure she was okay. So she really helped me discover that you can be strong, but you don't need to show your strength. You can be tough, but you don't need to show your toughness. You can just walk tall and carry a big stick. I'm not one to be pushed around, but the same token, I have a little bit of a sensitive side and she brought more of that out. So if it wasn't for her, I always say this everywhere. I, every time I talk to somebody about my wife, uh, she saved my life. I was going down a really bad path with bad choices I was making, certain friendships that I had had at the time. And uh, she pulled me away from all that. And she made me into the, uh, the man you see before me. So without my wife, uh, there wouldn't be me. And then her and I were both always wrestling fans. We both loved wrestling. And I was like, on the first date, I was like, oh my God, a, like a, a female wrestling fan. Like, this is amazing. And she's like, drop dead gorgeous. It's like, well, I've set the bar very high for myself at this point. So we... Um, you know, we discovered our love of wrestling and then it was infectious all throughout our relationship, still is to this day. And then I had a friend and him and I were very big wrestling fans. And then we're always talking about the product because we knew so much from being fans for so long. I just looked at him one day. I said, fuck it. Let's roll the dice. Let's start this thing. See how it goes. So we did. We did about 60 episodes together before him and I kind of parted ways. And I toyed with the idea of stopping it and dropping it. And like, maybe it's just not going to happen. And my wife was like, but you haven't even scratched the surface of what you can do, put the work in. And she's been my biggest fan and supporter. I could be at the dinner table and it's happened before where I'll be at the dinner table and I get a message from a wrestler who'll be like, Hey, uh, I got time now if you want to do it. And she'll just look at me and say, go do what you got to do. So like, like it, late nights, early mornings, editing all the time. She's been right behind me from the get go. The, the saying is true. The cliche saying behind every great man is an even greater woman. And in my case, that's the truth for sure. For sure. That is incredible. And actually very uh, relatable because um, I wasn't 
the greatest person ever. And I, I, I'm kind of ashamed to admit it as well that uh, I, I'm not proud of the person that I used to be. And it took a really um, tragic uh, moment in my life in order, and then finding my current fiance in order to um, really uh, put things into perspective and really uh, change myself as a person. And he made me uh, realize that. And um, we were also really big wrestling fans and I never saw myself uh, getting to where I, where I was. I was just kind of just someone that just kind of like you uh, with um, which I'm going to be referencing uh, a few times, Gilmy talks uh, your previous uh, interviews with Gilmy talks, which you're welcome, Gilmy. Uh, but uh, the, I just, it's funny to me because uh, listening to them uh, and you talking about uh, harassing George, a.k.a. Iceman, um, about just like joining, like just getting a shot with Destiny Wrestling and getting a shot with just uh, doing interviews for them and just getting an interview for them and the har- the whole hassle that you had to go through in order to get to go through that felt very similar to actually how I started with Barry Wrestling because I just I was just harassing Sean until he gave me a shot essentially so uh it felt very familiar and that's kind of why I wanted to really get you on the podcast so it's just uh I love your story and I just wanted uh my I I heard it myself but I wanted my my viewers to uh listen to that because I just find it so incredible just how but when you first started episode one, did you see it uh, growing to where you are, which you're getting close to 250 episodes, if I am not wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, did you ever see it like growing as big as you going? Because I mean, like you are everywhere now. If anyone checks out uh, George's social media, it's like popping like crazy, like with his events that he appears at or just everything that he's doing. So but did you ever see it from episode one just blowing up to the way or where it is? No, uh, episode one was horrible. Episode one, we didn't even call it straight talk wrestling. We called it real talk wrestling. And we didn't do a Google search first to see if anybody else had the name. And then we did it after. And we're like, okay, we got to scratch that. And then we just came up with uh, straight talk wrestling because we're both straight shooters. We say it how it is. We don't really hold back punches. Uh, I put my foot in my mouth a million and one times and I'll put my foot in my mouth a million and one times more. But I say what's on my on my mind. And um you know, 250 audio episodes, very close to it. I'm uh, dropping 238 this week or 239. So I'm like 11 away from 250 audio and I'm creeping up to 100. Thank you very much. I'm creeping up to 100 video casts or vidcasts as I call them because they're not podcasts, they're vidcasts. They're different. They're video. So it's different, but um, <laughs> you're getting to where it has been and all the work and all the conversations that I've had some of the people that I've met, like some of the names in my wildest dreams, like Fred Ottman, Tugboat, I was a huge fan as a kid, uh, Jimmy Corderas, uh, getting up with him, Tommy Dreamer, getting time with him. Like these are these are people that I idolized as a kid and, and being able to to sit down and have conversations with them. Uh, Nick Aldis, um, Thomas Latimer, like the list goes on, Anthony Corelli, the list goes on and on of all some of the names that I've talked to. And sometimes I look back at the content and I'm like, wow. And like the friendships that I've made, not just, you know, colleagues in this business, but the yeah. friendships like Shane Taylor and I, we talk on the regular Thomas Latimer and I, we talk on the regular, um, like these are relationships that I've built and worked very hard. And I'm very passionate that I've developed these, these friendships, and these relationships and, you know, pay it forward in any way, uh, just to be cliche right now and give a piece of old school advice that reigns true. Don't stop. Even when you think 
at your lowest of lows, you could think that it's not working. The views aren't there. The, the stuff's not there. Then all of a sudden things just jump. And you know what? Some episodes I have four audio downloads. Some I have 300. It is what it is. And I stopped stressing about the numbers a long time ago because I love doing this. And if I get one view per episode, I'm going to keep doing this because this is something that's passionate to me, being able to have conversations with these people. And then at the end, being able to welcome so many of them back on a regular basis. That's the coolest part. I don't care how many times I have a conversation with a Gabriel Fraser or an Alexia Nicole. Every time I hit them up and I say, Hey, you guys want to come back? Absolutely. Let's do another one. Like these are not friends to me. These are family. And I've developed great relationships with everyone and every interview that I've done, it's always been done in the utmost respect. I never try to bring up, you know, past mistakes or past regressions or anything like that, because that's not the point. The point is just me being a fan being able to talk about the business that I love and sometimes hate. That's the honest truth of it. You got it. You, you learn with your mistakes, like, and you can't always beat yourself up over your mistakes because like I said, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. And I mean, I look back on my episode one and it's absolute trash as well. So like, I'm not exactly happy with my um, progression and I'm so uh, like far behind on uh, episodes compared to everyone else on OIW. I'm like, I'm still like a baby podcaster almost. I've only done this for about a little bit over a year, but I find it crazy how um, and relatable with you, uh, how many relationships that I've grown just simply talking into a mic every week to everyone that listens to this. Um, like just even for example, like just working with Rip Impact on a monthly basis and now uh, going to his school and training with him. I never thought I would actually ever uh, meet Rip Impact, let alone work with him, because I used to stay up on Saturdays at two o'clock in the morning to watch Ring of Honor just to watch him. So I used like I idolized Rip when I was growing up. So just to have the chance to work with him and just talk to incredible talent and just incredible human beings and just get to pick their brain a little bit. Um I'm also very grateful for the opportunities that uh, podcasting has given me. And I can really relate to that because it's just, it's just crazy what a little microphone and a couple people just listening to you, what that can bring you for uh, just anything that you want to do really. Like, I mean, um, if you, and I agree with you, never stop pushing. I stopped worrying about the numbers a long time ago because I was also getting just eaten up on the numbers. It just drove me insane. Like sometimes I get three views, sometimes I get a hundred views and it didn't matter what platform you're on. You always will get that. But if you love something that you do and you keep doing it, eventually it will pay off and eventually it will work. You just got to keep pushing forward. So I 100% agree with you on that, but I kind of want to shift a little bit to, um, mm -hmm. MLW Rewind, which first of all, you and Bobby made me actually check out MLW because due to just how entertaining you two bickering back and forth is just is. So I want to thank you for that because uh, I always heard about MLW, but I never actually checked it out. And you guys really made me check it out. And I discovered some really incredible talent because of that. So, but I'm really curious to know who come up with the idea for that show and like how did it came to be like was it your idea was it bobby's idea was bobby even originally involved with that i'm really curious on how that show started 
No, so Bobby wasn't originally involved with it at all. It was actually uh, Lewis Carlin, uh, Alliance Pro Wrestling Network, uh, shooting uh, shooting the Indies, uh, or um, uh, Indie Network, I'm sorry. Uh, he's got uh, shoot, uh, Shooting Up North. He's got so many different podcast names. But Alliance Pro Wrestling Network, he's got over like 1,000, almost 1,100 subscribers now. Uh, a big-time wrestling fan, uh, knows the business well. Um, and he kind of, he was originally, he's, it was in the Ontario Podcasting Network group, and he shot a message. He's like, anybody want to do an MLW side podcast with me? So I messaged, I said, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. I like MLW. I've watched them on and off, not faithfully, but I've watched them on and off. And then we started DMing back and forth. And then uh, he, he wanted to call it the MLW review. And I was like, no, everybody calls their show the review. <laughs> so I was like, we have to do something that sets us apart. And I was like, what about the rewind? Because we're going to drop episodes on the Saturday originally. And we're going to be literally rewinding back to as if the show just premiered. So let's call it the rewind. And he did. And he hit up Aiden Prince, a great wrestler, great graphic designer. He hit him up for the logo and we started doing it. And I think we did it for about 13 episodes, 14 episodes. So Lewis decided that uh, he wanted to go kind of in a different direction. And uh, I was kind of at a standstill, like, do I end it? Do I not? And then I had a couple guests, uh, guest hosts come on. I had a good friend of mine from the States. Ivan uh, runs a circle of debate podcast. He came on for an episode. Uh, Ryan from Knights of the Squared Circle, Ryan Knight, he came on for an episode. And then I kind of reached out to Bobby. Bobby and I, we know each other um, from school, like high school and stuff like that. We kind of ran in the same circles, but we didn't run in the same circles, if that makes sense. Like we were always at the same parties, but never really in that group of friends that would socialize. We, we, you're, you know, I'm over here, he's over there. And then it's weird how you connect with somebody uh, after after high school but i reached out to him and he came on and the response i got was immediate the chemistry was there and i said if you're interested dude let's let's keep this thing going so we did and we revamped it and um you're right the chemistry was was often not we take shots at each other but it's never hurtful it's just friendly banter because we know each other so well and uh i could say that uh bobby's not only become a very good friend of mine but he's like a brother now and uh him and i we just have that natural chemistry and we both love and hate the product equally. There are times when I, I look at the product and I'm like, ugh, like, what are these guys doing? They have so much potential yet. They're, they're not reaching the bar. And then there's sometimes where they, they knock it out of the park. You know what I mean? So it was uh it was a blessing in disguise. And that's kind of like the long and short of it, but we're coming up as well. Me and Bobby, we're coming up on uh together. It's been over a year now. We started doing this last March or last April. So it's been almost a year we've been doing it together. And uh, other than a few breaks we've had to take because the product took a break, you can't really do the MLW rewind <laughs> if it's not running. So when the product took a break, we took a break, but it's been, it's been great coming back and it's been great doing it. And we kind of got a routine. He comes over every Thursday after work. We watch it because we get kind of an advanced link I'm not supposed to say that. No, I'm joking. We get an advanced link from MLW and uh, we always watch it. We record and then we wait to drop it right after uh, MLW's episode airs. So we don't spoil anything from fans or, or, you know, do anything that we're not supposed to. We always go with the product, never against the product. See, what's funny is when you two first started, uh, I actually had Bobby on my podcast, actually just talking to him about that and actually starting the podcast with you uh, for MLW Rewind and just, I just remember he questioning a lot of the time whether like to me, whether it was going to work or not, or whether he was actually feeling it. And I just kept telling him to keep going because like I could feel that chemistry between you two. You just had to keep uh, doing a few more episodes. And I just love that now a year later, how much you two have grown together and just how much MLW Rewind is great. Like you guys now work directly with MLW, which that's just crazy. That's amazing to see. And like, 
I love hearing all the things that Bobby tells me and the opportunities that you guys get. It's just, I love it. I think, and it goes back to what we were saying before, where if you love something and you want to work and if you work really hard at it, you can achieve whatever you want to dream. So it's just um, MLW Rewind to me is the epitome of that. It's if you work hard, anything is possible. Wow. You can Thank you. I'm taken great. back by that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Which, which speaking of that, you're almost hitting 500 subscribers on YouTube, which to me as a creator, that's actually very huge and very underappreciated by a lot of people. Cause some people will actually just scoff that off and just like, Oh, you're, you're 500 subscribers. Wait till you, once you hit 120,000, like then you come back to me, but like, honestly, 500 subscribers is a really hard grind. So uh, congratulations on that. First of all, that's Thank really you. great. But with all that uh, planned, when you hit 500 subscribers, is there some kind of celebration that uh, you have planned either with you and Bobby or do, are you keeping that under wraps? Alrighty. I just want to quickly give a part plug to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Curtis Rich, which you can get this podcast ad free so I don't interrupt you in the middle of interviews. And as well as you can get exclusive versions like the video versions of these podcasts, which are always fun to watch. And there's a few of my Patreons that actually subscribe only for the video versions. So if you want to help out support this Patreon help out support this podcast, support everything that I do, you can do so at patreon.com. There is something that my my daughter, myself and Bobby have kind of roughly discussed, but it's not fully. Uh, Bobby made a pledge that if we hit 5,150 subscribers, he would get 5150 on the show. Um, that's, I think, a, a far reach. We're talking like years down the road, I honestly and truly believe. But I think uh, we settled on 550 or 515, something along the lines of that. But when we do hit 500, my daughter, Bobby, and I, we do want to do like just a little like kind of round table about where Straight Talk started. And I mean, Straight Talk started like, again, Straight Talk started with my, my friend Steve and uh, his girlfriend at the time, Michelle. And uh, the three of us were like the, the holy trinity, if you will. There was uh, Michelle was the voice of reason. Steve was the animal. And I was the host. And, uh, you know, we had a natural chemistry. But again, creative differences kind of came into play and we parted ways. Uh, Michelle and I are still very close. We talk on a regular. Uh, she comes over all the time. She just came over to watch WrestleMania. Steve and I, we kind of drifted apart, but he always knows that. And I always know that if either one of us ever needs each other, we would be there in a heartbeat because, you know, friends come and go. But brotherhood stay the same. And if he if he is watching this and passing, he knows he's my brother. I love him. No matter what happened, uh, the fact is, is that uh, we can coexist now. But it just kind of became my ball that I had to run with and see what I could do on my own two feet. And I took it over. And, you know, like I said, you hit the nail on the coffin. If you love something, you work, it'll eventually grow and people will find it. When I started this whole thing, when I took it over, we had, um, I think, a thousand Facebook subscribers and 150 Twitter followers. And we had 200 or so Instagram followers. And in the three years that I've been running with it solo, uh, 1700 Twitter followers, almost 1800, uh, 1200, close to 1250 Instagram followers and like close to 2000 Facebook subscribers. So the, the, the numbers have spoken for themselves. And we also had nine YouTube subscribers and three of those were us. 
three of those. So we actually only had six because you take away the original three hoes. <laughs> we only had six. And now, like you said, we're creeping ever close to 500. And uh, the grind is, again, when you stop paying attention to the numbers and you just do what you do and people find it infectious and then you get opportunities like, um, you know, Adam Hayes had me on his podcast a couple of times and uh, we developed a chemistry and a friendship. And then through that, uh, I guess the matchmaker must have seen it because the matchmaker reached out to me. He reached out to me first. He didn't reach out to Adam Hayes first. He reached out to me first. And I have a timestamp on the email to prove that because we both showed each other the emails. And mine was about 15 minutes before his. So Adam Hayes, if you're watching this, that's right. But um, the <laughs> fact is, is that um, that opportunity came. And then also HWE. HWE was the first opportunity. Uh, they gave me the ball to run with it. I developed a friendship with AC Coca and Dave, who are the head promoters, also talents on HWE. And uh, they just gave me the opportunity and they've given me so many opportunities and I could never, ever repay those two guys for everything. They put their faith in me, their stock in me, I'd never done commentary, but always wanted to tap into it. And they said, just do you. And when we did the first one, I went to them right away. I said, do you guys have any criticisms, anything constructive stuff that I could work on? And they both said, yeah, you need to talk more because you're hilarious and you need to monopolize way more of the conversation than you are. And uh, that was pretty much the instructions from the matchmaker. Be you, monopolize the conversation, shit talk haze at any turn. And I mean, when somebody gives you a green light to do something first, what are you going to do? You're going to say, no, I'm not going to shit talk Adam Hayes. <laughs> of course you're going to shit talk Adam Hayes. You, you just, I mean, he looked like a reject from NYPD Blue and he had a drug problem. He looked like he was a cop on the take. That's what he looked like. Hey, I mean, the matchmaker gave me permission to shit talk in the Twitch chat because he kept telling me to stop being a stick in the ass. So I mean, when it came <laughs> to just being polite. So I, I had no problem with doing that. It's like you said, if, they, if they're going to give you a green light to do something, you're going to jump on it. What are you going to say? No. But uh, since we're talking about New Frontier, we'll, uh, we'll shift over to that. Uh, they had you, like you said, commentating with uh, Adam Hayes for their Odyssey Begins show. Now, out there, people, uh, like I said, were just loving everything that was uh, coming from you two because just your chemistry was just great. But um, I'd love to know how you felt the show was and the whole take me through the process of your day uh, at new frontier and just your overall impressions with it. So, because uh, that, was, that was the one thing I was super impressed with the matchmaker and just everyone uh, doing there, they were super critical on wanting to know uh, the positives and the negatives of the show. And I greatly appreciate it. So I'm really curious on your end, what you thought of the show. Uh, I mean, uh, only because uh, I know what's coming in May for an introduction to this new organization. Uh, my first time uh, being a talent at the rock pile. I'd been there for a bunch of shows before, not wrestling shows, but also rock shows. And I kind of forgot where the rock yeah. pile was. And then when you pull up, you see that decrepit sign that looks like it's falling apart. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, there it is. There it is. There's a rock. It's pile. So familiar. <laughs> so it's like a home. So familiar yet. Just <clears throat> so new at the same time went in. And the ring crew was setting up, uh, found Adam Hayes immediately. We thought we were going to get some instructions from the matchmaker, but the matchmaker uh, might have been there, but never revealed himself. I don't, I don't know if anybody knows who the matchmaker is. Very ominous. Very ominous Very, with, his, with, with his instructions. Very ominous. Just show up. Uh, the money was in my account the Friday before the show. So I was pot committed at that point. I got to show up or else I don't know what this guy's got up his sleeve. So I got to show up. So we show up and um, 
meeting all the talent, seeing all the talent that I'd seen so many times, uh, seeing Hayes dressed again, like a, like a reject from NYPD blue. Um, uh, and just seeing the production staff and, uh, you know, Savage media can't give enough kudos as well as yourself. They really knocked out. They made the rock pile look like fucking a million bucks. Like oh my god, did that ever. place looks so stellar and the camera work was phenomenal. And, um, yeah, we just, they gave us the mics. They told us where we were sitting. And then we got told that we're getting our own entrances. Like as a kid who's dreamed of walking through the curtain to get that, that entrance to your, to my own like podcast theme song. Fuck. That was a bucket list moment, man. Like I had the biggest smile on my face when that happened. Like, have you, have you seen the live? Did you, uh, did you watch the Twitch live? At I all? didn't watch like, the Twitch um, live. I had, I had to catch the replay. I didn't watch the Twitch live. So I didn't, uh, the chat didn't come up. It doesn't, I guess the chat doesn't repeat unless you're in it live. I'm not sure. But um, why was there something about my entrance? Did I suck? Like what happened? <laughs> no, I just, uh, I'm just curious on what you thought of it because I thought the production value on your entrance was amazing. Just like uh, how you came out and just let like the arms up. Like I thought that was great with the, the text and everything like Savage Savage Media just does great work. So, I mean, um, but uh, yeah, you must have like, it just looked like you were a school kid, like in a, in a candy store, like you're just living a dream. So that's absolutely, that, that's really cool. I mean, like, that's what we all dream of as like wrestling fans. It's just like, eh, if I could go out this one time and just feel that rush. So just getting an entrance. So that's, um, that's really great. But I want to know, um, because you elaborated that you and Adam, uh, have had done like podcasting in the form, but was that the first time that you did commentary with him before? And like, uh, did you think that you guys were going to gel so well together uh, during that show? Yeah, so there was a lot of firsts that night. That was actually the first time meeting each other in person because we had only ever spoken oh, over Skype or Zoom. So that was the first time that we had ever met in physical person uh, due to COVID. Uh, Adam and I, Adam and I, started our relationship during COVID. He invited me on uh, Schwa Wars, and then he keeps. Even though I go on these incessant rants, he keeps bringing me back. And I'm not sure it's because he's waiting for me to say something that I'll put my foot in my mouth. Or he just loves the fact that I, I give the honest truth. Like they call it now when I'm on the show, he calls it the Pesci moment. He says, is, is George going to Pesci? And that's a reference to obviously uh, Goodfellas or Casino, if you will. Is this your pen? Yeah, I'll show you a fucking pen. He jabs it in the guy's throat. Right? <laughs> so I always go on these rants, especially when um, uh, like Jeff T. Smith, he's a great guy, amazing guy, wonderful guy, but he has no knowledge of film whatsoever. And I have told him that on numerous occasions. When he tried to tell me that Rob Zombie's versions of Halloween were fresh, new, and wonderful, I wanted to drive to his house and on the way buy an illegally purchased gun, if you will, sh made sure the serial numbers were shaved off. If not, I would shave them off myself and I would have driven to his house and I would have shot him in the face and I would have went to jail for that without a problem because Rob Zombie shit all over Halloween to no extent yep. and he ruined it. He, did. he made it, he made it look like just a giant fucking disaster. And the worst part about it, Curtis, is I tell the story all the time. There were these, when I went to go see it in theaters, I got dragged against my will with all my friends. The only saving grace was that we did mushrooms before the movie. Okay. So I was, I was body buzzing hard and yeah, I don't care. I did mushrooms. That's fine. Um, it's legal now. It's legal. Perfectly legal. Yeah, it's legal. exactly. So we we're sitting there and I'm watching this fucking train wreck. And then the movie ends and all my friends are like, 
they're looking at me and I'm like, this is fucking horrible. So I get up to go outside for a smoke and I'm literally kicking people's feet out of my way because I'm so upset. And as I'm coming to the end of the aisle, you know, you always have to let somebody in front of you go. So there was these two yeah. fucking emo kids. And what I mean by that is like the hoodies, the Justin Bieber, black hair, yeah, yeah, black nail polish, all the chains like up to here. And that's fine. Be you. Yeah, exactly. Be you. Do your thing. The one kid turned to the other kid and he said, that was the most original character I have ever seen. I don't know who this Michael Myers is, but Rob Zombie is a genius for creating him. And I lost it. I looked at him. I said, your fucking dad should have pulled out. You're a fucking idiot. I said, watch a movie from 1967, motherfucker, called Halloween, done by John Carpenter, the godfather of horror, next to George A. Romero. Then talk to me. But I like that. Basically, what you just got was like a 30 second version of a Joe Pesci of a George Pesci moment. Like I will lose it to no end. And then when he tried to tell me that Ghostface was one of the most iconic horror series of all time, scream. I was like, you got to be fucking shitting me. The movies are predictable. Yeah, they're not bad, but they're predictable. They're overhyped. They're cheesy horror. Exactly. Like they, you know, you know, you know what you're coming to expect. Like the original cast was from Party of Five, one of the worst TV shows of all time. I'm sorry, but it's true. And to think like when it, when he kind of made Halloween worse, he made Halloween too. Yeah, and then he ruined like my favorite. I love Halloween, the original, but Halloween 2 is my go-to. My Halloween 2 is the one I'll watch before any other one because Halloween 2 is phenomenal. And then he shits the bed on both of them. And I'm like, I fucking hate you. I hate everything you stand for. And I remember watching Halloween 2, like Rob Zombie's version, and actually shaking in anger in like the first 10 minutes with with the kid, like, and just like fucking finding the cat in the locker. I was fucking losing it. And my friends weren't understanding why. I was just like, I hate this so much. And it didn't get better. It got worse as it kept progressing. And I just, I couldn't believe that he was greenlit so many sequels and just shitting all over Halloween, still doing it. And it's just, it drives me nuts. I am actually in agreement with you. And thank you for saying it because so many people love the Rob Zombie Halloween films. And I am one of the very few that I know and people know that actually hates it. I hate all of them. So thank you. <laughs> Finally found someone who is in agreement with me. Rob Zombie shit all over Halloween. <laughs> he did. He absolutely did. But I will say the new ones are a lot of fun. I took my daughter to see both in theaters and that's what she was just developing her love of horror. So, I mean, if you're going to have a little buddy who better than your best friend being my daughter to, uh, you know, cause my wife is a, is a chicken. My wife won't go. My wife will, when I, when Halloween season comes around, we have to watch the screams and I know what you did last summer. So that's what she will sit through. Nothing else. So it's very hard for me to find somebody who loves the darkness of a good horror film. And my daughter's right up my alley with that. Like her and I, we look at a horror trailer and we both get very excited when we, when we see something that we like, it's like, yeah. To the point where both of us watched all three conjurings in one day. Like that's what you, I that's what you want to find. Conjuring yeah. So much i saw all three of them in theaters and they all creep the hell out of me they do such and a good I job remember actually i actually went to the first one on uh mushrooms and edibles <laughs> and that fucking creeped the fuck out of me because like with the hand and everything oh yeah like, that, Scream and clap. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah no i was <laughs> no that those i love horror films that like 
get you with its tension. Like I'm, I'm not so much like a like a fan of like the jump scares. Like the jump scares don't do much for me anymore. But I like atmospheric horror. I like when they can actually like hook you with its setting, hook you with the music, and just like just the cinematography. So uh, I found The Conjuring was a great example of just those because just the atmosphere of those movies just really hooked me, really got me feeling at ease, especially in the theaters because you get the whole like ambient sound and like the huge screen and everything so um but yeah those halloween movies were terrible scream i've always found just cheesy horror i accept that for what it is i've always enjoyed scream because of that because i can just i can sometimes just tone my brain out and just have a good time especially if you those are the kind of movies you you go and watch like on edibles or mushrooms and have a good time that's the problem with me though is that coming from a film school background and actually studying film, that's what I went to school for. It's very hard for me to turn off bad because my, my eyes have been trained to look for all the mistakes in terms of jump cuts, in terms of continuity error, uh, and, and Scream has all that. So when I see an error, it pulls me right out of the film. And the worst part is when, you know, you can watch a movie and you're enjoying it, but then you see something and it just pulls you right out and you, I can't shake it. I'm like, that was such a small mistake that nobody else would catch but because I've been trained to look for these things now, I can't turn it off. Like we'll watch TV, like old school TV. You know how many times I'll see a boom mic and I'll be like, boom mic. And my wife will be like, stop. I'm like, but it's there. It's, you can't unsee that. It's right fucking there. It's like a, that's like the original TMT movie where um, if you are watching it on DVD, or uh, VHS, you don't notice the widescreen and all the mistakes. But when you when you first get it on Blu-ray, you notice the boom make at the end, like it's just hanging like this, and you can see the strings on Splinter. It bugs me too. I always <laughs> like I always notice that as well. It's just like I, I I can I can at least tone it off a little bit, especially if it's a movie that I really enjoy. Yeah. But there is some movies where I can't um, I can't. I can't tone it out like the uh, Resident Evil films, for example. I couldn't tone my way out. Like just as a Resident Evil fan, I hated them as a uh, horror fan. I hated them as an action fan. I hated them. I just couldn't tone off every single mistake those movies made, especially the last one and the one before that. So um, I'm in agreement with you at somewhat where uh, I sometimes I just I can't I can't do it with some films. (laughs) It's like some films make too many mistakes. And it just, it, it drives me right out. It drives me absolutely bonkers. So I can, I can relate to you on that, on that. See, the struggle but, uh, is real. You know what I'm talking about? The struggle is very, very, very real. But I want to bring it back to uh, Gilmy Talks for a little bit, because I, I'm really curious on how you met him. Cause it seems like he meets everyone in different circumstances and it always interests me. Like that's one of the uh, character traits I always tell people about Gilmy is, um, he always seems to get connections and meet people in the weirdest places or just the unfamiliar circumstances. So I'm really curious because um, I know my, me meeting Gilmy, I met him through Holden Albright and just uh, through a group chat, (laughs) but uh, how I'm really curious on how you and Gilmy actually met for the first time. So I think, um, I think he friend requested me on Facebook and uh, I accepted because I accept most people as long as they're not bots. I'll always check somebody's profile. And if it says, you know, hot 18 year old cam girl, I'm like, okay, well, that's a, that's a no. Oh, check my WhatsApp. That's a definitive. Yeah. That's a definitive. No. Yeah. Decline. 
But um, uh, he friended me on Facebook and then he uh, he reached out to me. He said, hey, man, uh, listen to your show. Love it. Would love to have you on as a guest. And it was the first time that I'd ever been asked to be a guest on anybody's show. And I was like, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, why wouldn't I want to be like I get to talk wrestling with someone else and I get to have a night off. And then on top of that, I get to um, like I get free promo because I'm going to tap into their audience, which is always wonderful to get because who knows, I may gain a couple fans out of that. So we ended up doing that. And then um, I don't know, it was a very cool conversation. Like we just kind of went all over the map. We talked wrestling, we talked mixology, which is another passion of mine. And then uh, he brought me back because he wanted to do like a Quentin Tarantino expose. And we did that. And um, that one went was pretty well received from what he told me. And then he brought me back to do uh, Martin Scorsese. And then again, I had my Pesci moment for Martin Scorsese, where we talked about the Irishman and how it was like an hour and a half too long. It could have ended at the 90 minute mark. It would have been a perfect movie. But to go for fucking an extra hour and a half. And then on top of that, to have that like 25 minute long fucking tracking shot up to the doorway of the old folks home. I'm like, what is why? Why am I looking at a fucking door? for this long and it's just like and he's like well you know i love the irishman i'm like you would because you fucking you don't know what a good movie is kill me <laughs> but uh no he's he's become a very good friend uh a confidant we bet we bounce ideas off each other all the time and uh he's somebody that i know much like he knows with me what you see is what you get and i always keep it 100 with people that i have in my inner circle and i don't have a lot of people in my inner circle so if you are in my inner circle you're going to get my undying loyalty and friendship but if you cross me all bets are off i'll cut you out of my life like you don't exist and that's just the way i've always been i keep my circle very small because i'm of the stone cold steve austin mentality i don't fuck with people i don't need to See, when whenever gilmy calls me which he calls me very frequently and it's always at like midnight or something whenever he's driving home from his work but anytime he calls me, me and my fiance call him papa gilmy because he has a very old school like dad mentality. Oh yeah, he likes very dry movies oh, yeah. that you would be like, oh, why, why the fuck do you like that? Or is it like, but like that's kill me. That's who I, I'm used to just interacting with. But um, because you referenced um, the time that you went on this podcast, there's something that I'm very curious uh, from the first time that you went on this podcast, okay. which I believe was in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, you were called on Christmas watching a bootleg copy of Jimmy Superfly Snuka jumping off the steel cage yep. of Madison Square Gun, which made you a huge wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know. Was that your favorite Jimmy's uh, Jimmy Snuka match or what was your favorite uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka match of all time? I think that one probably resonates with me the most because again, it was like Christmas. I was six or seven. We were all at my uncle's house and I have like eight uh, male cousins. So all of us were roughhousing. And then my uncle, just because him and my dad and my other uncles wanted to just drink. They just, every, all, all of you, all of you sit down in front of the TV and shut the fuck up. And you're going to put, we're going to put this video cassette in. <laughs> so they put, they put the video cassette in and our eyes went wide. Cause we just hear Gorilla Monsoon. Hello, wrestling fans. You are in the Mecca Madison square garden. I'm Gorilla Monsoon alongside, I think it was Bobby the brain Heenan or something. And I was just like, I looked over and I was like, what, what is all this? Like, what is this? And then. We're watching the show. It's progressing. And then you see these guys putting this cage around the ring. And me and my cousins are all like, what's happening? Like, is a cage. What's going on? And then these two guys step in the cage. And then this match happens. This amazing story happens. And then you see this guy climb the top of the cage, dressed like Tarzan, 
no disregard for his own body. He does the pose and then he just jumps. And it literally felt like it took an hour for him to reach the bottom of the cage. But I remember being a kid just with my mouth open being like, Oh, like it was just insane. <laughs> and it was just like, it was such a high. And then I remember the whole car ride home. I asked my dad, I go, what was that? And he's like, Oh, that's wrestling. That's just wrestling. Like he, like he, he knew about it and I didn't. And I was like, well, what, what's, what's wrestling dad? What is it? He goes, it's just two big guys that beat the crap out of each other. And I'm like, I want to know more. And then it just so happened that I believe New Year's, I believe that that Christmas Eve was on a Friday. So the Saturday we opened presents. And then my dad and I were, because my, my mom, typical Italian mom, okay. To my sisters, okay, everybody clean up. Now the three of us got to go cook and your, your dad and your brother get to sit down and watch TV. Okay, sweet. No problem. No, whatever. And my dad and I watched TV and he's, he's in his new bathrobe and he's, he's, uh, he's got his, uh, Caesar with him there. And he's, he's smoking on one of the few times he would have a stogie. He would have like one of the old Colts, the great tip Colts. He would smoke one every now and again. And he's like, you want to watch, you got the smoke cigar. You want to watch wrestling? I go, there's wrestling on right now. I thought it was Jesus's birthday. You know, I'm six, right? I was like, Jesus's birthday. And he's like, <laughs> there's wrestling on. So we went and sure enough, there was, I guess a rerun or whatever of, Saturday night main event and I just watched it and I turned around and I said dad I, I love this so he really was the one that get me into wrestling and he's the one who uh like pretty much helped me discover what it is and then obviously I gravitated towards it my dad watches it now and again but he's not really like he used to be when we were young like he used to take me to WCW house shows uh Sting like Invader fought in front of me I was a front row they fought in front of me and I got to like you know touch Sting's shoulder and I didn't wash my hand for like a week. And then my mom was like, okay, it smells like trash. You got to wash that fucking thing. So, but I touched Sting's shoulder and Ric Flair was in the audience and he stood up and he waved to everybody. Like, it was just super cool, man. It was super cool uh, to see that stuff. And then, um, like I said, I've gravitated towards that with my wife and my, my daughters. And uh, like, we don't miss a pay-per-view. We watch everything. But the great thing about us as a family, we're very eclectic now. My wife is very much still in the WWE bubble. Uh, she does appreciate yeah. AEW for what it is, but um, me, we all agree that our favorite promotion as a family is Impact Wrestling, just because we know so many of the roster. We've spoken, I've spoken to so many of the roster. That roster holds a very special place in my heart. They're phenomenal, phenomenal, talented, and a very underrated promotion. I know people are like, it's not underrated. Everyone knows about Impact. It is, but it's still, it's, it still feels like Impact has a chip on its shoulder because people know about it, but a lot of people still don't give it the credit that it's due. And it there's, annoys there's still me. There's so many people that write it off. There's still so many people that write off exactly. wrestling or it's like, didn't that place die? Or it's just like, no, they're, they're still great. They're, they're doing amazing and they have amazing talent. Their roster is packed. Impact, like I feel they have the strongest women's roster mm -hmm. currently. And it's just, I, I, I love also what impacts doing and I can see why it would be your favorite. Um, that's it just it's always like i said i always like to know where uh everyone began and where like how uh answering the question about gilmy because it's just it 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 drives off into different conversations and everything every single time but uh speaking of gilmy he actually has a question for you and it's when he when he asked me this, it's, it was definitely a plug for OIW or Jodder's Podcast Network, which I mean, like, of course, he's going to do that. But he wants to know, uh, who do you feel or think has the, a great show that needs more listeners? 
<laughs> straight talk wrestling no <laughs> i i listen i always appreciate my listeners and my and my fan base and i thank everyone that subscribed to the channel um seriously there's so many great uh podcasts on both network uh johnners is one uh you know lewis has found a footing with what he's doing now with the review shows and the news breaking stuff that he does um you know, you yourself have a very interesting concept and in what you're doing. And uh, you're very, I can see you, you got, you've had a smile on your face this whole time. I don't think I'm that funny. So you must really just be enjoying the conversation. Um, and uh, you know what, I think everyone on the OWI podcasting network, everybody on genres, there's just so many great podcasts out there. And, and the thing is, is that if we all supported each other as much as, you know, Gilmy and genres have started up these networks if we all supported each other as much as you know we'd like to think we do uh same thing with me i'm, I'm honored to be a member of the uh league of extraordinary podcasters which again i started uh was started by uh, uh ivan ivan c from uh circle of debate those guys are great money mike matt uh chris uh chris kennedy the el director is what they call them uh and then there's like so many they're dirty heels out of new york they're very good friends of mine they're fantastic they're two of the best guys in the game right now uh they just speak the straight facts and fire and they're always 100 so bold and kenneth uh shout out to those guys uh again you know you got championship on the line you got the ring fanatics there's just so many great podcasts out there that there really is a little bit for everybody and um you know if you like interviews or conversations, you know, you go to this guy. If you like the new stuff, you go to this guy. The fact is, is that as a wrestling fan, there's so much content out there now. You can really sink your teeth into almost anything. So I'm not going to shout out Gillamy specifically, but the OWI podcast network and Johnner's podcast network both have some incredible, incredible shows on there. And every one of those shows should be checked out. And if you find one you love, great. If you find 20 you love, even better. But um just, you know, spread the love around and everyone in podcasting is talented in their own right and they all deserve to be highlighted. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not specifically shouting out that one podcast that wants me to, I won't do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> there's some guy, George, there's some guy named Justin Gillamette. He talks apparently. I don't know. He always, he's just so egotistical. Oh, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> George, with all the success and the many months coming up with Wrestling Back, which we'll be working together on both a New Frontier and OIW podcast sense. And I'm really looking forward to actually working with you more. And uh, but with saying that, um, do you have anything coming up that uh, you'd like to plug? Uh, here's your chance. Uh, we'll give you the floor if you have anything coming up. Because um, I know like we dappled uh, earlier in the podcast, you have two, your 250th episode of Straight Talk Wrestling coming up soon. And then also getting close to the 500 subscribers but do you have anything else going on uh coming within the next couple of weeks because uh, uh, yeah uh, actually uh absolutely i do have uh hamilton uh, wrestling entertainment hwe their show is on saturday heartbreaker triumph and on saturday april 9th uh so catch me there i'll be doing commentary come by say hi i'm always grateful to talk to anybody about wrestling and anybody that loves the show or appreciates the work even if you got negative stuff to say it is what it is that's your opinion and you're entitled to it because we're in a country of freedom so I'll say what you got to say. Now, if you say something I don't like, I'll listen to you and then I'll give you the finger and then I'll walk away. But that's just who I am. <laughs> uh, also, I'll be at Greektown Wrestling on April 10th. I'll just be a fan that night, though. Won't be working. We'll just be enjoying the show. Channing Decker versus RBD. It's going to be a fucking bloodbath. And then May 1st, I will be back at New Frontier sitting next to the NYPD Blue Reject, Adam Hayes, as we talk all things as the Odyssey continues. And they've already put together some amazing matches. We know one off the hop that was announced was Ter Tarek has the Mark Ass Buster Challenge, and Lufisto has answered the call. So I'm excited to call another Lufisto match. That'll be great. And then, um, you know what? 
always available for podcast appearances, always available for commentary gigs. Find me on socials, Straight Talk Wrestling at Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. And again, we're seven away from 500. And um, uh, at underscore Straight Talk on Twitter. So hit me up. I always answer my DMs or I try to answer them as quick as possible. Sometimes I look at them and it's like 930 at night. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to answer that tonight. I'm just going to answer it tomorrow. I'm going to go to bed now. That's what I do. But uh, yeah, that's uh, a lot of exciting stuff. And obviously uh, anything with Destiny Wrestling, I'm a big fan of their product. And they've opened the doors for me in a lot of ways with the talent that they've allowed me to. And uh, yeah, just just at most wrestling shows, you will find me and the mini host rocking our straight talk shirts. And we're always uh, we're always available to say hi to anybody. And we're always excited to meet wrestling fans in general so yeah that's that's kind of where you'll find me in the next couple of weeks for sure i need to come out to a destiny show it has been so long since i've been to a destiny show i think the last show i actually went to was uh pete dumb versus marty Skrull. so it's been a long, long time, time since i have been to long a destiny time. show yep. so I'm, I'm, uh, I need, I need to come out there and actually check out one of the shows. Like, it just looks like you guys are just having a lot of fun out there. Absolutely. But George, I always end my podcast with the same question that I have for every single guest, because every single person has a different answer for this. But, um, on the end of my content, I always like to say, and it's a little bit of a Gumby quote because it's a callback to my Ontario Gumby thing. What I originally started, uh, my podcast to be all about just everything that kind of grew uh, into everything that I have now. But I always said, keep flexible in your life, your health, and everything that you do. Because uh, like Gumby, he always liked to say to people, hey, keep flexible in your life. Like keep flexible in what you do because you need balance. If you don't have balance, then everything falls apart and things just seem like hopeless. So you always need to have that balance, aka keeping flexible, whether it's your life, your health, or everything that you do. So with saying that, I always ask this question to every single guest. What if you could pick three things that keep you flexible in whether it's your life, your health, your podcasting, uh, your family, what are the three things in your life that keep you up in the morning, that get you drive, that makes you want to do everything that you do? Uh, my family, my wife and my daughters for sure is number one. Uh, wrestling is number two because wrestling has given me so much and I can never repay wrestling for what it's done for me. And, um, probably overcoming a couple of the mental health challenges that I faced this past December, uh, coming out the other side, happier, more focused, and just realizing life's too short. I mean, you can have, have all the things in the world, but when you go, you can't take it with you. So now I'm focused on memories. I'm focused on moments. And I'm focused on just enjoying every small thing, no matter how insignificant it may seem to one other person, it's super significant to me. So that's, those are what keeps me going. I would say family, wrestling, and moments. George, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you very much for having me, man. It was an honor. You're great. You're, you, sir, are a fantastic host. I will say that. I enjoyed the conversation very, very much. I appreciate that. Well, that is my interview with George from Straight Talk Wrestling. And I'd like to thank him once again for joining me with that conversation. I had a great time. This is actually one of my favorite episodes I've recorded. So thank you so much, sir. Thank you, everyone, for 
listening to the podcast. I always do greatly appreciate it. Like I said, I'm going to be at Barry Wrestling this weekend and as well as Barry Comic Con. So if you're in the Barry, Ontario region and you are free this weekend, come say hey. Come check out the show. Uh, like I said, if Barry Wrestling, if you haven't got a ticket already, they are sold out. So unfortunately, um, you would not be able to attend if they are sold out and you had did not get a ticket. But Comic-Con is the next day and it is all day and they have not sold out. So you can still get tickets for Comic-Con if you want to uh, come see me, come check out, grab some great stuff. Uh, yeah, no, going to be a really fun weekend. I'm looking really forward to it. But, of course, you can follow me on all my social medias. My Twitter is OG Curtis Rich, and everything else is Ontario Gumby. Uh, you can also check out all the information for everything I do on ClayStudios.net. And of course, if you want to support me, you can go to patreon.com slash Curtis Rich, which Curtis and Rich are both capitalized. Uh, if you don't put the capitals, you won't get the right page so uh definitely definitely check those out if you want to help support this podcast you also get this podcast early and in certain tiers on the patreon you also get video versions which the video versions are really great and i really really enjoy the video versions and eventually i'm going to do a live format version uh publicly for everyone so that should be good um but i'm gonna let you all go you have a great day, evening, afternoon, morning, whenever you listen to this podcast. And of course, you stay flexible in your life, health, and everything that you do. I hope you have a good time.